0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020. And I just wanted to say, you're welcome to everybody out there, especially Tigers fans. You're welcome for the reverse jinx that I pulled off over the weekend. Last Friday, I came on here and said I felt like the Tigers were probably going to be swept. By the Indians, I'd seen nothing over the last week-plus to change my belief that they were going to get swept. I'd seen nothing uh, in the last year, when you take into account what the Tigers have done against Cleveland, to make me think that they were going to do anything other than get swept. And yet, in a three-game series, they took two from Cleveland. First time they've won a series against the Cleveland Indians since September of 2018. Surprisingly impressive stuff for a team... That had really been scuffling. I mean, I, I was very down on him after that nine-game losing streak. I still am down on him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like taking two out of three against the Indians when you didn't have to face Bieber. You didn't have to face Clevenger, obviously, because he was a moron and got sent down or police sacked. But, you know, you, you still had to go out there and play the games. Even with the pitching matchups being what they were, I still thought they were probably going to lose at least two out of three, probably get swept, but they didn't. And it started with a, a really promising comeback win on Friday night. They fell behind 5-0 early. Michael Fulmer just looks terrible. And I I, I feel nothing but sadness watching him pitch. I'm rooting so hard for him. We all are. Because Michael Fulmer has had a rough go of things here the last several years. I mean, first of all, we have to acknowledge that Michael Fulmer was put into a pretty terrible position in 2017 and I think he even saw the writing on the wall the fact was he was a guy who the Tigers weren't going to trade apparently at least not in 2017 and you could tell that they were planning on having him try to be the ultimate trade piece in 2018 or 2019 if he would have stayed healthy on some truly abysmal baseball teams and Michael Fulmer never complained he never whined he went out and tried to pitch unfortunately injuries have really derailed his career he's attempting to come back from his second Tommy John surgery and and he doesn't look good. I, I remember that he had his three-inning start against the White Sox where he went three scoreless and the fastball peaked at around 96. And I think collectively, we all kind of breathed a sigh of relief being like, all right, maybe maybe Fomer's back. Like, this will take time. You know, baby steps here. But Velo was good. Stuff looked better. Over the last several starts, both of them coming against the Indians, the stuff doesn't look good really at all. I mean, fastball's around 94. And yes, you can get guys out with 94, but... It looks fairly flat. You look at the advanced numbers on baseball savant in terms of fastball spin rate, exit velo, expected batting average. Like He's in like the bottom 10 to 20 percentile in all of those statistics. He's been remarkably poor so far this season. Hopefully he'll be able to find something here. I am going to give him until the end of this season, maybe even the beginning of next season, to see if he can figure it out. But so far, um, he's he's on thin ice with how he's been pitching, and, and it's it's very sad. But they fell behind five nothing early, and then the offense rallied in, in the fourth inning. Adam Plutko is not Shane Bieber. Not saying he's he won't develop into a solid major league pitcher, but the the offense teed off on him. Miggy walked, and then Jonathan Scope hit a two run home run. Then Jamer was hit by a pitch. Jacoby singled. Jorge Bonifacio walked. Romine with an RBI single. Then the big one, Isaac Paredes, with his first career home run, a grand slam to left field off of Plutko on a two-strike pitch. Plutko tried to hurl a fastball by him, and Paredes just crushed it deep to left field. A wonderful sign. These are the guys who I really care about at this point. These are the guys I want to see do well, and even though he'd been in this system for several years here, even I'd forgotten how young Isaac Paredes was. Only 21 years old, meaning he was 18 when they acquired him. Uh, Be patient with him here because he's so young. They're going to give him several years here to figure it out. And so far, while maybe the average isn't that pretty, you can tell watching the at-bats that this guy has the sensibilities of a major league hitter. He's taken some really difficult pitches. The at-bats have been, for the most part, pretty good. You know, a few, a few weak ones, but for the most part, he's seen the ball well, taken some difficult pitches, worked counts. He's looked like a guy who's who's mature beyond his years. A really wonderful sign, and the Tigers would go on to win that game 10-5, to snapping a 20-game losing streak to the Cleveland Indians, you know, you breathe a sigh of relief if you're a player for this team or if you're a fan of this team. Things have been so ugly here over the last several seasons, and we've seen history made by this team with the amount of games they've lost, the unbelievable losing streaks they've gone on. I would have been indifferent towards it, but if you're someone who plays on the team, I'm sure you you sleep a little bit easier knowing that you won't be a part of history. And they they that was a good comeback win. They were down five runs. Early in that game, how many times over the last several years have we seen this team come back from early deficits? Very, very rarely. They very rarely had the firepower or the offense to do it, but I thought they put together some very good at-bats against Plutko. Obviously, Paredes, Grand Slam, put him over the top, and the bullpen held it down. That was a good win. And then on Saturday, you had what I thought was a, a, a interesting pitching matchup. Tristan McKenzie making his Major League debut for the Indians, and like you can just tell this kid's got it. Six innings, two hits, one run, one walk, ten strikeouts. He was marvelous. The stuff was was electric. I mean, fastball peaking at around 97. This dude looked like he was about 110 pounds soaking wet and yet was just throwing cheddar cheese. Remarkable stuff by the youngster, and it's another example of the fact that the Indians are just good at developing starting pitching. But on the other side, Matt Boyd had easily his best start of the season, only five and a third, five hits, two runs, both of them earned one walk and six strikeouts. What made it a successful start was that you saw him finally bringing out more changeups and more curveballs, mixing speeds better. I don't understand why he's been so hesitant to do this. Like Maybe he didn't trust his stuff, but the fact is he was getting absolutely obliterated. He was getting pounded. Like I'm thinking as a pitcher, if through four or five starts into a season, you've got an ERA above 10. I'm doing everything I can. I'm throwing spitballs and forkballs, if I have to, to try to get guys out. He was very stubborn with that two-pitch mix. You saw him going back to that changeup quite a bit, and that's a good pitch. It's been a successful pitch. Pitch effect shows that that is a plus pitch for him when thrown consistently and effectively. He induced a lot of weak contact, a lot of swings and misses with it. Easily his best start of the season. Hopefully, he'll be able to build off it. Look, I've, I've been very... Hard on that, boyd. It'll continue to be. I know he's not as bad as how he's pitched in the first four starts of this season. like I, like I'm not saying he's some top tier talent, but I didn't think it made any sense for him to go t- from a guy who had taken substantial steps forward over the last several years to a guy who all of a sudden didn't know how to pitch at the major league level at all I think he will be better here down the stretch for for his sake I hope he is or else he's going to be playing his way you know out of next year's rotation potentially but a much better start obviously Schreiber came in got blowed up and then Garcia gave up a run and Funkhauser gave up a run I said this in my post game video and I thought it was one of the more salient points I've made this season you know how with a great team you go back and you watch them and you say man on any night Anyone can make a difference. Anyone can be a hero at any point. It's not a matter of if, but when. It's like that with bad teams, too. And that's why I, I couldn't get angry about Boyd getting pulled there in the sixth inning when they could have stuck with him. Like If Boyd wouldn't have blown it, somebody else would have. That's the nature of what this baseball team has been over the last several years. They don't have a roster that's built for success because they aren't particularly talented. So, you know, they lost that game. The bullpen let one slip away. They lost 6-1. to one, But they came back on Sunday, and won a ball game 7-4. Terek Skubal started after giving up a leadoff home run again in both of his career starts. He's led off with home runs to the leadoff batter, but much better. Two and a third, obviously, he was on a pitch count through 69 pitches. Three hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. A very positive sign. Look, the stuff is great. I think he was a little bit gun-shy yesterday. Maybe that isn't the word for it, but I think he was a bit worried about throwing pitches over the plate. And because of that, he was nibbling. A little bit, and you saw him miss quite a bit. In fairness, I thought the Indians put together some really good at-bats. They were fouling off a lot of pitches. They, the Jose Ramirez at-bat, you know, kind of near the end of his start was or really outstanding, but on full display was how good Tarek Skubal's stuff is. You know, There's a reason this guy was one of the best strikeout pitchers in the minor leagues a year ago. There's a reason why he's so highly touted. I think once he becomes more confident, once he realizes that he needs to trust his stuff more, because it is. Look, I, I know he's pitching against major league talent, which is something he's not used to doing, but the fact is he has a major league Plus plus stuff. He can get guys out at the major league level with his stuff. When he learns to trust it more and when he's able to improve the command on some of his off speed pitches, I still think he'll be a dynamic pitcher here. But Daniel Norris came out of the pen and was great yesterday. Three and two thirds, two hits, no runs, no walks to four strikeouts. Velo's been up. You've seen him peaking at around 95. This is, and look, Daniel Norris has had so many stops and starts. This might be his last hurrah here to try to see if he's anything at all as a major league pitcher I don't think he's got it as a starter I don't think he has the stuff for it as a starter I don't think he's got the mechanics or the consistency to be a major league starter but in that long relief role which is something we're going to see a lot of this season for the you know the next half here because the fact is this pitching staff with a lot of these guys like Scooball or Ronnie Garcia or Boyd with the way he's pitched Turnbull going two innings the other day You're going to have, between Norris and Alexander, two guys who are going to have to give you a lot of innings out of the pen. And so far, Norris has looked very good. Maybe maybe he's finally found something. I root for the guy. I've been tough on him. And a lot of that I do regret because I think for the most part, it's not his fault. Injuries have really gotten in the way. But he looked very good yesterday. Got the win, his second win of the season. They were winning 7-1. Offense was really good. Carlos Carrasco was struggling with his command, even though he only walked one. He was nibbling with that slider, and by the fourth inning, they were really teeing off on him. I mean, early in counts, they were swinging and making really hard contact. Extra base pop, doubles, home runs. Nico Goodrum with a home run yesterday. Griner and Bonifacio with homers as well. And Isaac Paredes with a three hit game yesterday, also. On the negative side, Joe Jimenez's ERA balloons to 12.46, came in in a six-run game, walked two, gave up a three-run home run. You know, look, I don't care. This season in general is whatever. But if you're Guardi, you do kind of have to consider making a move for closer, obviously because Jimenez has been so bad. But also, you have several guys. I, I know Soto struggled lately, and I'd be fine with him staying middle relief. But you have guys in Farmer and Cisnero who've been very good. Buck Farmer with a 2.16 ERA. Cisnero came in and put out the fire yesterday. He's got a 1.76 ERA. Two guys with with closer stuff, and you have someone in Jimenez who's been a truly awful. I'm not saying cut him, but We're coming up. It's been over two years now since Joe Jimenez has been consistently good. And what's weird to me is that he's seemingly lost velocity here. Like, I remember in summer of 2018, him peaking like 98, 99, looking like the guy who was going to be the closer of the future here. You see him now, like, 95, 96, he's topping out at. You see a lot of 93, some 92. And what's strange is he doesn't have a history of injury here. Like, if, if with Daniel Norris losing velocity a couple years ago, that made sense because he's had a long list of injury history. What's Jimenez's excuse? Is it mechanics? I don't know. He's He's been a, a true disappointment, maybe the most disappointing player on this team so far this year, him and Matt Boyd. But despite giving up three runs, the Tigers won the game and... They won the series, and they will go back to Comerica Park to play a three-game set against the Chicago Cubs. I will talk about that game, previewing tonight's pitching matchup, when we get back. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even a new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. That was a long first segment recapping all three games that we saw of the Tigers over the weekend. But tonight they go up against the Chicago Cubs, the 17-10 and 10 Chicago Cubs. And the pitching matchup at Comerica Park for a 7-10 game tonight will be Alec Mills. For the Cubs, he comes in at 2-2 two two with a four seven six ERA. This coming from MLB.com, Mills gave up six runs in three and two-thirds innings versus St. Louis on Wednesday, ending with two walks and one strikeout. The righty has surrendered 10 runs on 12 hits in his last two starts. And for the Detroit Tigers, you have Casey Mize making his second career Major League start Mize will make his first home start in the ballpark where he became the talk of Tigers summer camp. He struck out seven White Sox over four and third innings in his Major League debut Tuesday in a no decision. Another difficult lineup for him to have to face. I mean, that Cubs core is still really good with Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and Hap, the Nico Horner who's like pretty solid. That's a good baseball team and it's going to be another tough task for Casey Mize to navigate through. The one thing you can undeniably say about the kid so far is that his stuff is simply remarkable. Some of the best stuff we've seen, even in one start, you could tell some of the best stuff we've seen here in several years. There's a reason why this guy is such a highly touted prospect. He's got four different pitches, five different pitches really, that he can get guys out with. And he's going to need to put them all on display tonight going up against a really good Cubs lineup. I didn't bring this up in the first segment, but I'll bring it up here. I think... The weekend series they played against Cleveland was a really admirable effort. And look, in the long run, it doesn't mean anything. This is still a well below average baseball team. You know, one of the worst in baseball. But you you lose nine games in a row. You don't look good at all. And while I maintain that this team is still infinitely better than last year, in that nine-game losing streak, they looked like they did a year ago. A team with non-competitive at-bats, terrible pitching, terrible hitting, terrible defense. It was truly ugly. And it seemed like it was going to spiral even more out of control than it had already spiraled. I mean, they lost nine in a row. They're going up against a team that had owned them over the last several years. And you you found ways to win two different games. And the offense was much better. You're going to need to find that again tonight if you want to keep your head above water here. They're, they're going to lose a lot of games. But all I'm asking for, and it's what I've said from the beginning here, and even under the guise of, of tanking, that this whole uh, ridiculous rebuild, what I've said from the beginning was, I get it. They're going to lose a lot of games. They're not going to be a good team. Even the worst teams, though, can be competitive. Over the weekend, that's what we saw. And it's something we haven't seen a lot of over the last several years. We've seen this team get behind early and fold. I remember bringing this up a lot last season, but I'm fine with them losing all the time if I'm watching nine-inning games. And what I mean by that is I'm tired of watching games that are 7 8 nothing by the third inning you know, keep it relatively competitive. If you lose, you lose. Let's see some development by some of these young guys. And one of those young guys is going to be front and center tonight in the form of Casey Mize, probably the biggest star in this farm system. Looking forward to watching him pitch. Can't wait to talk about it on tomorrow's pod. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani 2 You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers, and while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this program, episode 101. I will be back here tomorrow recapping Casey Mize's start against the Cubs. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.